Everybody, sometimes it looks like we are obsessed by the VIX, the Volatility Index, measure of investor nervousness in the market. And uh, right now it hovers around the 10 level. Here are some thoughts on volatility and why the world is waiting for a correction. Is J.J. Kinahan, Chief Market Strategist at TD Ameritrade, uh, with us on the phone from Chicago. J.J., nice to have you back here on Bloomberg Radio. Sometimes Thank you. I, always a pleasure. Sometimes I think we are obsessed with the VIX um, because it's, a, it's an index that can move around a lot. Do you think it's an important indicator? I, I do, and I th- it's been discounted a lot lately as people are saying the VIX is broken, et cetera. And what I would say is, well, if you think about the theory of options, the theory of options is this. As the market goes down, fear increases, or volatility, which the VIX measures. And as the market goes up, volatility should decrease because there's less fear. We're at all-time highs. Theoretically, it makes perfect sense. That volatility is at its lowest, you know, low levels because mm-hmm. the markets are hitting all-time highs. Right, and it continues to grind. And I don't feel like everybody's necessarily all in on the market, uh, you know, in terms of everybody kind of rushing in and chasing trades. And I, and and if you do look at the run-up in the S and P 500, it's fairly broad-based, which to mm-hmm. me speaks of a, a healthier move. I agree with you 100 percent on that. It has been broad-based. You know, obviously, if we look at its partner, the Nasdaq, that's been incredible this year with the tech rally we've seen overall. And I think one other thing that sometimes we all lose track of is with the market through the VIX, and you know, bonds are up quite a bit today, but overall through bonds and gold are telling us, you know, the three major risk measures that many retail clients look at is. Washington, D.C., yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in terms of, uh, you know, being a TV network because mm-hmm. there's a lot to report on 24 hours a day, but the market's telling you most of it's noise. Yeah, most and, of it's know. noise. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. listen, you say the world is kind of waiting for a correction, but the VIX doesn't tell you that we're going to have one. Um, what kind of correction are you anticipating? Well, I, I find it hard to believe with the move we've had since this year has started that we haven't seen at least a 5% correction. Uh, you know, and, and I think that that's one of the things the whole world is sort of waiting on. Every time we hit a new high, uh, it, it's pretty much, oh, my God, when is it going to fall? It's not, wow, this is amazing, which, is, as you know from the years of reporting on this, the, uh, that usually means we can continue higher. But... Um, I don't know what the cause of it will be. You know, for a while I thought it might be some misses on earnings. I think the Apple earnings tonight will give us some insight because it's so widely held by retail and, you know, the market overall. So that could have a psychological effect. But usually it's one or two uh, sort of pins that fall, if you will, that leads to a little bit of momentum to the downside. It's just hard to figure out where that's at right now. You know, uh, Alan Greenspan giving uh, an interview to our team here at Bloomberg News, and he says um, equity bears hunting for excess in the stock market might be better off worrying about bond prices. Uh, he says that's where the actual bubble is, and when it pops, it'll be bad for everyone. And he says, by any measure, real long-term interest rates are much too low and therefore unsustainable. And he says when they move higher, they are likely to move reasonably fast. We are experiencing a bubble not in stock prices but in bond prices, and this is not discounted in the marketplace. Do you agree? I, I do think that the bond market would be a little bit more of my worry than the stock market. Um but, uh, you know, we, we have heard the Fed talk about drawing down balance sheet, et cetera. But at the end of the day, 
with all the cash floating out there, not just in the U.S., but around the world, it seems that there there may be an artificial support, if you will, at least for a while more. Yes, they are still talking about raising rates by the end of the year, but I look at Fed funds today, and we're now under a 50% probability of that happening. So I'm not going to discount, obviously, Mr. Greenspan's a lot smarter person than I am, what he has to say, but again, I just don't see that being the thing that causes it, at least for the rest of 2017. Now, I think in 2018, he may be 100% 100% correct. JJ, I got to ask you, um, first thing you do in the morning uh, in terms of news and markets, what, 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 are you, what are you looking for? What do you check? Well, after I check Bloomberg Radio, you mean? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so. seriously, what is it that you, like you wake up in the morning, is it that you want to see what the president has tweeted about, or do you want to see what's going on with North Korea? What is it? I check the S&P 500 futures, actually, is the first thing, followed by the bond market and the crude oil market. Because has the pres- if the president has tweeted something, if something has happened in North Korea, whatever it may be, if the market's taking it seriously, you're going to see it right away reflected in the futures. Now, if the futures are unchanged and North Korea did something, what that tells me is interesting, market doesn't care. And so I, I think by checking those three every morning, you get a good sense of what may be going on. Mm -hmm. And it's been very interesting to check the crude futures, particularly over the last couple of weeks. You know, we saw this run up to 50. Today, crude's getting slammed. And it's kind of interesting how that story has taken a little bit of a backseat today to, to still some of the political things that are going on. And of course, you know, Apple earnings, because that affects so many more people, uh, at least they think directly. We all know crude's going to affect us every single day, whether we acknowledge it or not. But Apple is really the story of the day. That's interesting. Well, let me just go back to crude, because crude is up, uh, from, I look from about June 21st, kind of one of the more recent lows, if you will. It's up 15%. Um, is it a demand story? Is it a what, supply story? What, what is the story there? Well, I think it is a little bit of a demand story, but I also think it's almost a trading range story, too. If you look and, you know, you bring your chart up on uh, on your terminal, on the mm-hmm. terminal there, you'll see 44 to 50. Yeah. They, 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 they keep trying 44, trying for They couldn't get it to sell off. They tried to run it up to 50. They can't do that. So it's very interesting to me that we're we're stuck in this range. And, you know, we, we've had some conflicts that we thought might run the price up. We've heard about, you know, oversupply, which we thought might hit the price to the downside. It's just amazing to me how crude has been in this range for quite a while. And until we hear further, you have to say, okay, this is the established range. There, there, there will, I'm sure, be some story. It usually is a, uh, one of conflict that causes us to break up to the upside. But, again, we just don't – nothing seems to – just like the market itself. So, J.J., you said, you said S&P, you said oil, and what was the third thing? Uh, gold. Gold. Well, uh, I, well you know, it's, gold's more of a short, short-term reactor, if you will. You know, what's interesting, too, is we've seen a bounce back in gold, but uh, I noticed a story on the Bloomberg today that just talked about um, investors pulling a lot of money out of gold ETFs. Uh, let's see, gold's best monthly performance since February, uh, not enough to keep investors from fleeing from the world's biggest exchange-traded fund backed by the metal. About $2.4 billion was pulled from the Spider Gold shares in the month of July, the biggest withdrawal since May of 2013. And so what that tells me is it's lining up with what we're seeing with VIX and bonds. Yeah. The, 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 the concern usually, when people are very concerned, they, they, they go to gold as a, often a shorter-term sort of play against worry. You're just not seeing it. It's being reflected in the markets overall.
Yeah, it's a trade that uh, historically we we followed, and it it, it has been fairly reliable. Uh, JJ Kinnan, uh, fun to get some time with you. Chief Market Strategist at TD Ameritrade, joining us on the phone from Chicago. Uh, gold futures, by the way, up about four-tenths of a percent, $1,278.70 an ounce. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.